0: Welcome to the Line Cool Podcast,
1: a tennis show presented by Hector and Toby.
0: Welcome to episode two of the Line Cool Podcast. Today we will be discussing Boris Becker, Joe Wilfred Songa, and his retirement after Roland Garros this year, and our preview of the Monte Carlo Masters. How are you doing today, Hector?
1: I'm pretty good, mate. My uh, my voice is a little bit better, so it'll be a nicer experience for the listeners today. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting stuck into the uh, Monte Carlo preview. And um, I think it's going to be a great week. I think it's going to be a great week of tennis. It feels like um, this week it's, I think, in between this whole cluster of masses. 1000 tournaments, it feels like these little 250s are sort of, they kind of fly under the radar slightly.
0: I've not really been following um, either Marrakesh or Houston this week. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to the start of the proper European clay court swing here at Monte Carlo. It should be a cracking tournament. But I think in the news, biggest news in tennis, I think this week was the news about Boris Becker. Uh, Boris Becker is now facing jail time as he has been found guilty of hiding millions of pounds of assets to avoid paying debts when he filed for bankruptcy in 2017. He was convicted of having moved hundreds of thousands of pounds from his business account, as well as failing to disclose a property he owned in Germany as well and concealing other debt. He's actually now facing a maximum jail term of 28 years, seven years per count, on which he was found guilty. And he is facing his sentencing on April 29th. Pretty serious accusations um, convictions.
1: I mean, especially because up until very recently... You know, he, he's he's a pundit for major tennis channels.
0: He was yeah. absolutely. He was on um, as recently as the Australian Open this year, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, for, for, Eurosport. for Eurosport. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of a shock, really. I think, I think in the in the news, you always sort of knew that he had money problems, but it didn't. It didn't really ring true until you sort of, you know, until you hear this. You know, he filed for bankruptcy, obviously, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, this is pretty serious.
0: Yeah. So bankruptcy. It just seems like such an odd thing for such successful professional athletes to for that to happen to them, but actually, it happens to more professional athletes than you would than you would think. I think it stems from being a high profile athlete, but then actually, if you think about it within terms of your whole life, your career as a professional athlete is actually a very short window, so you go from being a high earner to having to adapt to when your income drops considerably. But you have to kind of think about the lifestyle they were living before and to there, because Beck was saying that, you know, he was trying to uphold expensive lifestyle commitments. And he also went through an expensive divorce when he divorced his wife, Barbara, in 2001. You know, but as many other sports stars, such as Mike Tyson, the late Diego Maradona, uh, NFL quarterback Dan Marino, who have been really high profile athletes who have filed bankruptcy also. So it's not as uncommon as you'd think it would be.
1: Yeah. I mean I think also, um, in, in these situations, I think when these people just come from normal normal backgrounds and they don't really know how to deal with such excessive amounts of money. And I think it is, as you say, keeping up that lifestyle when you're not earning that money, spending the same amount, but not earning the same and not really knowing what to do. But I think I think uh, obviously in, in, in the majority of cases, they have you know financial advisors doing all that stuff for them. But I think when you have too much control over what you spend, yeah, it doesn't really
0: end up well. So I guess we'll have to wait and see until end of April to see whether... He'll be on TV screens as a pundit in Wimbledon, but who knows? Probably probably not by the sounds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, other news this week Joe Wilfred Songa is announcing his retirement. Uh, he will retire after Roland Garros this year. That will be his final tournament.
1: Yep. So, um, yeah, Joe Wilfred Songa. Actually, I haven't had a lot of experience watching him play purely because of the timeline when I started really getting interested in tennis. Um, but. few little stats here. So um, Australian Open finalist 2008 uh, lost to Djokovic, his first slam. Um, Career high of world number five and also he won a couple of Masters 1000 events. One at home in Paris, also in 2008 and also one in Canada 2014, his biggest wins to date. Um, And also interestingly, he has reached the minimum of the quarterfinals in the tour's biggest events. So four of the slams, uh, the tour finals and the Olympic Games so hell of a player and really from what I have seen of him um, highlights or or live matches in the last few years uh, really really great to watch and just seems like a genuinely nice guy
0: it was always a name I sort of uh, remembered growing up when I was watching tennis just because it's quite a unique name really isn't it and uh, he's always a big hitter of the ball but But yeah, like you said, I haven't really seen him in recent times. I guess everyone comes to that stage in their career where it's, it's time to bid adieu. So Songa will be retiring this year. He is playing at this year's Monte Carlo Masters. And I think now we will move on to our preview of this year's Monte Carlo Masters. This year, it's the 115th edition of the tournament as it kicks off the European clay court swing. It's actually the home for many tennis stars Monte Carlo due to Monaco being a sort of tax haven. The tournament is being held at the Monte Carlo Country Club, a beautiful setting overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. Traditionally, very slow clay court surface, so will suit players who prefer the kind of slower courts. This will be the first time the tournament has returned to kind of near normalcy, as fans will be in attendance for the first time since 2019. The title is currently held by world number five, Stefanos Tsitsipas, and he's back again this year looking to defend his title. There is a stacked field again this year. Most notably, Novak Djokovic is back for only a second tournament of the season. There's a couple of notable absences. Uh, King and Clay, of course, Rafa Nadal is out due to injury at the moment, and Daniel Medvedev, who was injured after Miami, will also not be playing. There was speculation that Dominic Team could return for this tournament or could have returned for this tournament, but his return uh, hit a setback when he got COVID recently, so he won't be playing. Uh, one player who is back. This year one of your favourites, Hector, Stan Ravka. Oh
1: Stan the man. I could I could say many a thing about Stan, twenty fourteen champion, one of the best, no the best back one handed backhand.
0: Didn't he seen. um model his backhand off yours, mate? I've I've heard
1: so. I've heard that he, he also got the same racket as me. Oh,
0: really?
1: I mean I I mean it's it's only rumours.
0: Yeah, your backhand down the line's pretty naughty, mate, so he's probably seen that and thought, I need a bit of that.
1: I genuinely think he saw that, and he typed in on YouTube, Hexamore, how to do one-handed backhand, and...
0: Here we are. (laughs) Um, So the way we're going to preview this tournament is we're going to do a um, bracket-by-bracket breakdown, working out who's going to get to each quarterfinal. We'll probably call out a dark horse from each bracket as well as we go through, and then we're going to go for our quarterfinal, semi-final, and final predictions. So, Hector, John, and get us going at the top of the draw. Who have you got getting through to the quarterfinal from that bracket?
1: Yeah. So, the first quarterfinal spot, I've got Novak Djokovic. Um, you know, it's only his second tournament of this year, so I think he's out there with the point to prove. You know, people are thinking, you know, he probably could have, should have done really well at the two Masters events and the Grand Slam. The slam that he missed this year, Australian Open. And I think he's just out here to prove a point. And I mean, if you look at the players he has to beat to get there, it's not the toughest route he'll have to face. Davidovich, Fakina or Garone in the second round, um, followed by either one of the four, Goffan Qualifier, Evans or Bautista Agut. And Evans actually beat him last year in Monte Carlo. So that would be interesting, but I I don't see it happening again. I think the only person that poses a problem to him is um, RBA, Roberto Bautista Agut. Um,
0: but I, I think he's I come for me. I am in agreement here. I think Djokovic will get through to the quarterfinal from this bracket. Um, obviously, he's only played one tournament so far where he actually lost uh, to Yuri Vesely, didn't he? World number 123 at the time. Bit of, a bit of, bit of a shock loss. So there's the argument that he... He's out of touch. He's, but also you could also argue he's, he's nice and fresh. You know he hasn't got the grind of the sunshine double as a lot of these players coming to this tournament have. We've seen the effect it's had on a lot of these players' bodies. He had two clay titles last year. Uh, obviously in the French Open and his home tournament Belgrade. You know now he is back playing again, and he's going to have a run of tournaments that he can play in. Um, he's really going to have that motivation, that chip on his shoulder. Um. Yeah. You know because even though we haven't seen him play much this year, we just can't forget how good he was last year 56 wins, uh, three slams. Um, he was 18 and three on clay. She resides in Monte Carlo as well, so again, like a sort of home advantage straight to the country card, mate. Yeah, um, the only dark horse I've got in this side of the bracket who could possibly beat Djokovic, I would say, is actually um, David Goffman. He has had a really strong start to the clay the season, he's not been brilliant on hard, but actually. Um, he's through to the final here in Marrakesh this week, so it's a good warm up. I just feel he's the only sort of threat to to Djokovic. You know, I could see kind of coming out of the woodworks to get that spot, but really and truly, I just I just think it's going to be Djokovic.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree. I completely agree because, as you say, his um his results last year in general, but also on the clay. I mean, he beat Rafa in the semi-finals. That was one of the best matches I've ever watched in terms of quality. The, the third set, I, I just could not believe what I was seeing. And I think, um, it, you know, to be the only man to beat Rafa twice at the French Open and the only person ever to beat him in the semi-final, that's just kind of crazy. And if, if you if you don't have him at least getting this far here, I think that'd be a bit of a disrespect.
0: Definitely, mate. So who have you got Facing Djokovic in that first quarterfinal
1: I think we uh, I think we all know Who I have Facing him in the other quarterfinal In the quarterfinal um, So it's uh, Our new best friend Carlos Alcaraz um, And yeah I'd, I mean not much explaining Needs to be done here He's Who who could he face In the second round uh, Oh this one's going to be interesting Bottic van der Hulp um so the um yeah he could face Botic in the second round or Corda. they're they're not easy matches i don't really have a lot of Botic got to the um quarterfinals of the us open last year lost to medvedev i think the only player to take a set off him um and Corda, young and up and coming
0: the match-up with Corda would be interesting it'd be a replay of the final of the next gen uh, atp next gen final last year um so that 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 could be a notable matchup if he did face him. I've also got Alcaraz, of course, getting through number eight seed. He got the buy in the first round. He's on top of the world right now. His form's unbelievable. He's actually undefeated on clay this year. When he won his first ATP 500 title in Rio in February, uh, he beat Berrettini, he beat Schwartzman, he beat Fognini, like some big names on clay to go and beat there. And I just again I can't see anyone beating him. Uh, the only sort of dark horse I've got. Um, it's more of a kind of swan song, Joe Buffett Songer. Yeah, It'd be nice, yeah. nice to see him make, uh, make a bit of a run here, but you know he's got nothing to lose. But I uh, know again, this one's pretty straightforward for me. I think it will be Alcaraz meeting Djokovic.
1: Look, look at that first round pick as well, Songer against Chilich. That that is a throwback.
0: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, five, eight years ago that'd be a quality game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been quality today. I mean, Chilich has been picking up his game in the last year as well. You know, he got title I think in Stuttgart last year. Um, there's a brutal Twitter account called Did Marin Chilich Win Today? it's either yes or no. Every every time he plays a match, they tweet yes or no. It's it's, it's very savage. I don't think that's very nice, but um maybe
0: you, you know. should follow the uh, the Line called podcast on Twitter instead of that account. Uh, much better tweets.
1: Yeah, <laughs> M- much better tweets. Much much more info than just a yes or a no.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so who's getting that third quarter final spot for you Hector? who's getting it
1: so um, my boy my boy Diego Schwartzman big fan big fan of Diego Schwartzman um, I think it's going to be um, you know I think he he's not really had the best um, the best time recently when it comes to the clay season he just sort of turns it on uh, and I think yeah, he's, he's got Hatchinov in the first round. He's got a good record against him. Um then he could either face um. Well, he could face Felix
0: or J Um but I also have Schwartzman, yeah, we've gone three for three so far. I've got Schwartzman making that semi uh that wow. quarter spot. Yeah, he's not top eight seed, so um uh, predicting a bit of an upset here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Felix or Gelia Seen, number six seed in this tournament. But um, early exit for him uh, last week in Marrakesh um, bit of a shock defeat that one and he just hasn't really looked himself over the Sunshine Double um, recently and like you say, Schwarzman, um he's someone who, who plays well on clay, although he hasn't had much success on the hard courts he has done well um, on the clay this year um, he got to the final in Rio and Buenos Aires, 8 wins on clay so far He's, he has slid down the rankings this year. He started the year at nine, now down to 16. But it is quite a stack top 20 at the moment at the top of the game. So he's only once progressed past the second round at Monte Carlo, and that was in 2017. But based on his clay court form this year, I do back him to reach that quarterfinal spot. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he, he's he got got to, um, uh, yeah, Rome... Rome final against Djokovic where he won an absolute thril- thriller against um, Denis Shapovalov in the semis. That was awesome. And he's not he's not got an easy run either. You know, he's got Hachinov, then possibly Lloyd Harris or Martin Fuksovic. Yeah, and then, yeah, either Audrey Alessi, Musetti, which is a great player to watch, or Benoit Paire.
0: I've got um, Lorenzo Mussetti as my dark horse in this section of the draw. He um player who definitely prefers clay. Yep. Being he beats Stan Wawrinka. In, okay, the, in the Rome Masters in 2020, on route to the third round, which was his best ever performance yeah. at a Masters, but obviously he's very young still, so he hasn't had much experience. Um, he's one to watch, probably, I'd say, in in that section of the draw, one who could upset uh, the likes of uh, Felix and uh, Diego. But yeah, like, like you, Hector, I've got Diego reaching that quarterfinal too.
1: Lovely one-handed backhand from Lorenzo. But uh, yeah, so who, who do you have your...
0: For the other part of that quarterfinal um, I've got six of reaching a quarterfinal To uh, play against Diego Schwartzman there Obviously the defending champion Current one number five um, And he'll probably be keen to make a run At his first title of the year this year um, Again, a player by record He prefers clay um, Both his titles last year Coming on clay in Lyon and here at Monte Carlo uh, um, Brilliant record on clay last year 23 wins um second only to Rude um in total number of wins on the tour. Um and really he's got a relatively easy route, I would say, through to the quarter final. Um looking at all the possible players he could play based on head to head record. He's never actually lost to any of them before. So um yeah, I've got Sitzapass reaching um the quarterfinals to face Schwartzman. What about you?
1: Yeah, I've I've got exactly the same. Yep. Yep. And as as you say, um, that's a really nice stat about the players he could face he hasn't lost to any of them um, I mean for Nini, but he really has to be he really has to be on his day
0: he's my dark horse for this section um, he's one player who who could get in the way of sit-to-pass. Um pass does have the pretty you know record over Fognini and head to head but he was the 29 champion wasn't he yep. the champion before pass so you can't you can't discount him. He's got the he has the pedigree in this tournament. So definitely, I would prefer. I think I prefer Pass, but you can't discard no. Bungie.
1: You can't. And I think he plays with such a laid back style. Even if even though it looks like he's not trying, he is. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so odd watching him beat the best players in the world. Because it's like, what's this guy doing? It's it's amazing.
0: Have you got reaching that fifth quarterfinal spot now, Hector?
1: So um, I have. I actually have Talon Greekspool. Wow! Yeah, that's it's it's, it's a dark horse. I I do in in each um, prediction I like to go for uh, you know a dark horse to get a certain you know distance. Even though I may not think it might happen, I want it to, and I think it could be possible. Uh, you know, I'm not you know not, not talking myself out of it here. But um, he's he's been playing really well. He's been doing really well in the challenger. Challenger tour and probably similar to Botich. Um, he feels like he's sorta of come out of nowhere, but I think, you know, he's got Albert Ramos Vinalas in the um in the first round, who I think he could, you know, it's a solid that's a solid player, but I reckon he could he could have him and then he possibly um Ugo and Bear or Pedro Martinez, both good players, but I just I don't know, I have a feeling.
0: Yeah, that's quite an out there pick, Hector. Um me myself, I love my Brit- British players. I got Cameron Norrie. He's yet to win a title on clay, but his form this year should see him through to the quarterfinals through this bracket. He was sixteen and five on clay last year, so you know very respectable wins. He reached the finals at both Estoril and Leon. It's actually only his second time playing at Monte Carlo. Uh, you know, he's got a tough draw to get there. He's got to play against Albert Ramos in round two, probably. Uh, is that just have I butchered that pronunciation?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just the fact that I had Greek spore in my quarters. <laughs> got
0: to play against him yeah just dis, dis, discount the guy I'm going to get in the quarters <laughs> Wait, I, yeah I can't well I think Albert Ramos will beat uh, Greeks yeah, he, he's, he's solid he's solid and Ramos leads, re- leads that matchup against Norrie 3-1 and one, actually He all three times they played on clay Ramos was won so he'd also have to beat her catch as well who's in brilliant form at the moment but again you know the way you think Greek sport is going to get there which <laughs> might not be based on the best logic um <laughs> Nor is my decision to pick Nori, but again, call me a homer, but I'll just pick him every play tournament. I think, it,
1: I think it is, based, based, on, based on his stats, got to a couple of clay finals last year and his form at the moment, it's unreal. And his confidence as well, I, I can completely see that.
0: No, I mean, you no, know, I think the main basis for my argument is that he just needs to continue riding this upward trajectory he's on, this upward wave, he prefers the slower courts, and he's a top 10 player for the first time in his career, so he's going to build on that and improve. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting to see how that might affect him because I feel like that's where he feels he should be.
0: So I think this is actually quite a competitive bracket. Another player I had circled was Gael Monfils. Do you know when the last time he played at Monte Carlo was? Um, 2017.
1: 2016.
0: And what happened in 2016? Lost to Rafa in the final. I did not know that. Yeah, he is. um, it was his best ever result at a Masters event, but he's a player, again, with pedigree. And I think that's something you have to think about in preparation for picking the players you're going to get through. Uh, He's not had great luck on Clay since then, to be honest. Um, Since the 2017 season, he's actually lost more games on Clay than he's won. uh, 21 and 25. But he's having a good year this year. 11 wins, 5 losses on the year. He got to the quarters at the Australian. He won the title in Adelaide. So, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to get to the quarters. I think Norrie's going to get to the quarters but he's my dark horse. Mm,
1: I think from his style of play, he thrives more on the faster courts, especially the fast, hard courts. You know, and he, he likes he likes to have a laugh. He likes to hit 128 mile an hour winners. Ugh, crazy. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to see him.
0: So who have you got um, meeting Greeks for in that quarterfinal?
1: So I have meeting Greeks for in that quarterfinal. I have Kaspar Rude. Kind of feels like a foregone conclusion, I think, really at the moment. We, and we're sort of discounting Aslan Karatsev there, but he hasn't really done that much recently. I don't really no, see I, mean, I think that will
0: be a tough second round matchup for, for Rude. But yeah, he's a he's a clay court specialist. He will look to continue his form here in 2022 where he's improved himself on the hard courts, and I think that improvement will really show itself during this clay court swing. Yeah. Um, he had 28 clay court wins last year in 2021, five more than any other player on the tour, four titles. He got to the semi-finals at both of the clay masters he played at, both Monte Carlo and Madrid, and I think this year he'll just be looking to go further, take, take the extra step and try to secure that first Masters 1000 title. I think Monte Carlo's is a great. Uh, I think it's a great chance for him. Any, have you got anyone else that you think could upset Rude on reach the quarterfinals?
1: Um, could could upset? <clears throat> to be honest, not not really, because I mean, look, we've got Karatsev a qualifier, Lajevic, Kranjic, Dimitrov or Basilashvili.
0: Lajevic. So, yep, yeah, he made the awesome run to the final in 2019 uh, when he was ranked only 48 in the world. But I I think um Philip Kranovich has a good chance. To upset Rude, if anyone's going to do it. Yes. Um, he's got a good reputation on clay. He's recorded double digit wins on clay in each of the past three seasons. Uh, he got a win over Tsitsipas on route to the final at Hamburg last year, but similar to some of the other brackets like the Djokovic and the Alcaraz bracket, I- Again, rude, is head and shoulders above the rest of the field here, and I'd be very, very surprised not to see him in that quarterfinal.
1: Yeah, I think he's 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 become sort of like a banker to get to these quarterfinals and even semis sometimes, De- definitely on the clay, and you, you don't really expect as much on the hard. Yeah, he's 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 in there for me. So last last quarterfinal, what what are we what are we thinking?
0: So this racket here was probably my um, most out there picks, my most. Um, My riskier picks for that first spot in the quarterfinal, I have got um, Christian Guerin making the quarterfinal. He had a poor start to the clay court season this year in his native South American clay court swing. He lost his first game at um, Cordoba, Rio and Santiago. So not great, but um, he's had a decent run-in to this tournament. He got through to the semifinals where he lost to John Isner last night, (coughs) arguably on a bad umpiring call which kind of threw the momentum in the game but ultimately he did lose but he was playing some impressive tennis this week um he beat indian wales champion taylor fritz this week at houston and his past results do show he prefers clay um he's got a 64 percent win rate on clay all five of his career titles have come on clay and last year he got some decent results he got to the third round here at monte carlo Won the title in Santiago, fourth round of French Open, quarterfinal in Madrid. So he's got some good results in the past. Last year, and I think this year he'll be looking to improve on that. Top thirty player. Um, he's only recorded two wins against top ten players across his career, but both of those did come on clay. So I think if this is a good opportunity for him to to fight through this bracket. I mean, it isn't it? I think so, this is probably the most stacked bracket in the draw. You know, there's Rublev, there's Sinner. Alex Dimonor, I think based on the fact that Rublev does prefer the quicker courts and he didn't look great in Miami, um, that lost to Kyrios. I'm not sure Sinner's completely fit, so I think that will probably count against him a little bit after he had to retire in Miami against Sarundalo. And um, Alex Dimonor also prefers the quicker court, So yeah, it's def- definitely a bit of an upset seeing Garen get to that quarterfinal spot ahead of those three players, but um yeah that's what I got reaching what about you
1: yeah so um in this quarter I have I actually have Sinner I kind of want him to get there as well and I I think he's he's capable of it and how really you know I haven't seen too much of him on Claire I mean he got to the the quarters the quarters of um of Roland Garrison in, in COVID year um but yeah, I think you know, he's, he's playing against Borna Coric, who's who's coming back after injury for a while, been injured for a while. So um, I think he can take him out. And then again, Garin, as you say, would, would would pose a big a big challenge because he's again another clay court specialist, a lot of pedigree five titles. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's his surface really. Um, yeah, again, Dimonor and Rublev's in there as well. So I just I do feel like Sinner can can come through that. He's he's got some confidence, and if it wasn't for retiring, you know, how how far could he have gone?
0: Absolutely, um, I think there will definitely be some cracking games, um, early round games in that bracket, which I'll be looking out for next week. So, who for you, Hector, is getting that final quarter final spot?
1: So, final quarter final spot. Um, I feel like a bit of a broken record here, but I think Zverev has to get there. I'm not too much of a fan of him as a person but i think his his tennis when it when it works it really really works you know i mean he's on clay he's he's won madrid he's won rome you know so he he has he has that pedigree there and i just think it's sort of a matter of time i think it's sort of like a ticking time bomb for him this year really i think he had such a great year last year his his best his best career year ever i mean he he won the um why is it? He won the the ATP Finals, two Masters events. He won the the Olympics, a couple five hundreds. That's the best year he's he's ever had. And I think it's just kind of time for him to start cracking on, really.
0: I have gone not the same as you here. I'm predicting the upset of Zverev. I think uh, Pablo Correna Busta will reach that quarterfinal spot. Again, I'm sort of leaning into the sort of clay court. Specialist for this matchup. up um, So, yeah, I mean, PCB hasn't played much tennis this year, uh, but he's always been good on clay. Uh, two titles last year, Hamburg and Marbella, um, alongside a dominant 17-4 and four record on clay. Uh, he also had three wins against top 10 opponents. Uh, he's not afraid of the big stage. And I just feel Zverev won't be at his best this week. I just feel... With that recent investigation that's opened over the domestic abuse, uh, you have to feel that will play on the back of his mind, and he won't be in the best mindset coming into this week. So that's why I've got uh, PCB making that quarterfinal. Um, obviously, it'd be great to see Stan make a run. He's in this. He's in this last little bracket. Um, like you said at the top of the show, former twenty fourteen champion um but you know this is his only his second game since March 2021 he lost to Elias Ema at the Marbella Challenger a couple of weeks ago but he has entered both the singles and the doubles so maybe his fitness isn't too much of an issue i just think it will be the lack of game time lack of game practice that will hamper his potential run more than anything
1: exactly i mean i think i think he loves monte carlo as well he loves the place um and it'll be an interesting match against public because uh, yeah, I mean public's great to
0: watch. I think that'll be a great game to watch.
1: And I think sometimes with um when you have an extended period off you forget how to win. I know that sounds crazy, but you forget how to close matches out because you haven't done it in so long. So yeah, I mean if you get to that point that is. But um yeah, I, I hope
0: I hope it goes well for him because I love watching him play. So now we've gone through a breakdown of all the brackets. Let's go through our quarterfinal pick So, Hector, do you want to talk us through your four quarterfinals.
1: Yep. So, um, so we've got Djokovic versus Alcaraz, Greeks for Greeksport versus Rude, Schwartzman versus Sitsipas, and Sinner versus Zverev So, in the first one, I have Djokovic winning. Yeah. I have Djokovic beating Alcaraz. I, my heart tells me Alcaraz, but my head tells me Djokovic. I think he's he's out there to prove these young kids wrong. You know, he's like, I'm I'm still here. I'm still the world number one. See you later.
0: Exactly my thinking. Yeah, it's going to be the first ever matchup. And I just think, I'm not going to say Alcaraz is never going to beat Djokovic, but I think on this occasion, Djokovic will win. Yeah. Who else you got reaching the semis?
1: So I also have Rude reaching the semis. I think he's going to beat Greekspor. You know, I think will uh, you know, Greekspor, definitely in the quarters. Of course, I think he'll 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 show up, but
0: I don't think he can quite get past Rude. And then you, your uh, your second semi-final, who's reaching that?
1: So second semi-final, I have Schwartzman, my man Schwartzman, my boy. I think he he actually has a a two two one. Head to head against um, against Sitsipas, beating him early this year in the ATP Cup in a great match, actually. Um, But uh, yeah, I think um, I think he just every now and then Diego just sort of lights it up on the clay, and he he doesn't win the titles at these Masters 1000s events, but he can have deep runs, semi final, final, and he's just such a exciting player to watch because he can't win those points with aces, he has to win it in other ways and it's just great to watch and he's just relentless and i, I think i think that's going to get him through to the uh, semis to face zverev so I had zverev against sinner in the quarters and um i think um uh, yeah so so sinner sinner beats sinner beats zverev in the in the fourth round of roland garros in 2020 um but yeah i think zverev's going to get there
0: who's reaching the final
1: so final um, I have Zverev and Djokovic, so I think Djokovic is going to beat Rude. I think again he's going to test him, but probably even straight sets, um, just purely because it's Djokovic. And then I have Zverev beating Schwartzman, even though I love Schwartzman. I think short king. Yeah, short king. Short kings, <laughs> five foot seven. I'm not even there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got I've got Djokovic against Zverev. What, what, what do you think? Who do you think is getting there?
0: first quarter final? Djokovic Alcaraz. I got Djokovic winning that. Like I said before, I just, Djokovic, he's still, he's still that guy. He still is that guy. Alcaraz will soon be that guy, but Djokovic is currently that guy. So Djokovic will be winning that one. The second one, I've got Rude versus Nori, And it just seems like a matchup where Rude really has the upper hand. He's 3-0 um, in their total head-to-head records. And he just, he really just, um, smash Norrie at Miami that was, match wasn't even close I was really backing Norrie to go and win that and no it just was Rude 100% all the way so again I think Rude has the upper hand of this match I mean he'll, he'll come through that I've got like you, Schwarzman versus sitzpass and again I've got Schwarzman going through he's got the head-to-head record over him he's just I just think at the moment sitzpass isn't playing his best and I think Schwarzman will have the edge and in my final quarterfinal I have got Garin against PCB, and I've got uh, yeah, Pablo coming through this. He's got the 2-0 head, head advantage, and I'm just going to go again. Similar to my quarterfinals, I'll go on the, the pass results, and I'll go with um, PCB here. Semifinals, Djokovic versus Rude, similar to you, the exact same as you. i got Djokovic coming through that as well. I can't see anyone beating Djokovic this week. I really can't. I yeah. just, I think he's just going to come back with such a vengeance and he will really just lay claim to his title here. Um, Schwartzman versus uh, Karina Busta in the other semi-final. I've got Schwartzman going through. i got Schwartzman getting through to the final, mate. I just think, again, I don't know why, but I just feel he has the means to make a decent run here. So I'll be looking forward to watching that final, Djokovic or Swartzman it's it's going to be Djokovic, Djokovic is going to win, that is my pick to win the Monte Carlo Masters this year Who? I don't love you said who's going to win yours
1: So I have Djokovic winning Djokovic against Zverev, so um, Djokovic is 7 wins in the head to head, Zverev is 4 but interestingly, the 4 matches that Zverev has won have either been in a final or a semi final in a tour event, so he hasn't been in Grand Slams, um, but yeah, so he, even though he has that record, four wins, which is pretty good. Most than other players, more than most. Um, yeah, I think Djokovic is going to come out on top. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, as, we, as we've said before, just to reiterate it, I think, you know, he's going to have a chip on his shoulders and like, right, I'm back. Because he hasn't been at any of the major tournaments this year yet. And he's going to come back and he's just, he's going to win it.
0: So there it is, our Monte Carlo Masters preview. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching the tournament this week it's going to be an absolute cracker and who knows our predictions might even come true Um, I doubt it, I think I'd be happy if I could have picked, if I get at least 5 out of those 8 quarter finalists correct I'll come away pretty happy with that I think that's a decent record Um, but I guess we'll see Um, any final words from you Hector?
1: Um, not really I'm just really really looking forward to uh, yeah, watch, watching the event and I, I can't wait
0: and just the start of
1: the European clay season it's always exciting leading up to uh,
0: to RG It's going to be quality um, Thank you everyone for tuning in um, Don't forget to give us a nice five star rating on Spotify We've already got one so far so uh, thanks dad <laughs> one, one star? No nope. <laughs> five, five stars from one I watched him I watched him do it Five stars <laughs> Cheers dad <laughs> Uh
1: Mum, you, you need to you need to up your game. Come on.
0: <laughs> so maybe someone other than our um immediate family can give us a nice little five-star review, that'd be nice. But yeah. um tune in next week where we will probably just be recapping the Monte Carlo Masters. So um thank you everyone for listening. If you made it through this far, um and we'll speak to you soon. Awesome. awesome.
1: Cheers, bye. bye.
0: <laughs>